0: If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Basically. I'm your host Stephanie Preisner, and today with me in studio I have a man called Kieran Lally, who is from Mayo, who has climbed Mount Everest, uh, which to me is a fascinating story. Kieran, thanks so much for coming in.
1: Thank you for having me. Uh,
0: let's go back to the to the to the very start. When did Everest come on your radar as something you wanted to do? Were you always into hiking? Like, how did this all start?
1: Wow, uh well, there's always a good few hills knocking around me so yeah, you'd have a, a, a few times of
0: up Patrick. like
1: you'd have a bit of a vantage point for some of them, yeah. yeah, and um I think then when my wife and I were traveling, uh Nepal was one of our destinations, and Mount Everest base camp was definitely a destination. And then I think we began to when we were there, we you look up at this thing and you appreciate that it's one of the it's one of the world's great challenges. And um, so it gets into your head.
0: Did you do base camp? We
1: did base like, camp when my wife and I, when we were traveling around the world.
0: Okay. And uh, did you have to train for that or, or did you just do it
1: as a whim? Well, we were young and more fit at the time. Okay. And uh, we're pretty, we're pretty okay. It'd be about 5,500 um, meters in yeah. height. And yeah. Uh, and you, you like, I mean, we, we would not be in a hurry. We'd stay in a local village and sure, we'd move on to the next village that would be a bit higher and so on and so on. And eventually you get there and uh, it, it opens up your mind to to, to, to what uh, possibilities.
0: And is it called Base Camp? Because it's the, like that's where you start the actual climb to Mount Everest. Why that, is it called Base Camp? Well, because um, Base Camp to me gives the illusion that it's the bottom. But that's the sort of the top that a lot of people get to.
1: It's. The beginning of the more serious stuff, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're sort of starting when you get there, but then again, on that occasion, it was our destination, right? Okay, and uh, it was wonderful that uh, we felt really proud of ourselves having got there. And uh, but you don't need any serious equipment to get there. Beyond that point, your equipment must improve. You'd need your crampons and your ice axes, like- and you'd need pretty. You need the insulation needs to improve a little bit as well.
0: Do you have Sherpas? Helping you up base camp, or do they only go up to the top of Everest with you?
1: You'd manage on your own to go with that, without any help or guidance to get to, to get to that be, base camp. There'd be enough information uh, uh, available. For, yeah. for, 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 you can you'll fly into Kathmandu, and basically, we at the time we got a bus that took about fourteen hours to that village, and you get off this bus on the side of the road, and somebody directs you to a path, and the path leads off into the mountain and you start walking along the path.
0: But there's loads of people doing it and it's kind of like yeah, a if, pilgrimage more than a...
1: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, if, if you do the bus thing, it, it'll be more like um, there would be less people. A lot of people fly to Lukla and carry on from there. because, mm-hmm. uh, So you don't have to walk in. We decided we'd do the walk in because we are sort of up for it at the time. Right. And uh, it, it was adventure. We were just seeking adventure, really.
0: So you come home from base camp and you're all proud of yourself but you've now seen the top of Mount Everest.
1: I got bitten yeah. Right okay. I got the bug yeah 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 so but like I mean uh, then like I mean at that time we'd spent about three four months travelling and uh, we came home and we're sort of uh, into our relationship and we sort of got married and got a mortgage and
0: Distracted by the sensible things in
1: life. I'm afraid yeah 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 yeah. the (laughs) grindstone took over and uh then a, a number of years later, um, I think we just sort of got an itch—probably uh, midlife crisis or something—and uh, just you or both of you? More me, right? okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your
1: poor wife. Now no, we went back. We went back. Uh, my wife and I went back and went to Nepal again after that, a good few, few years after that. And we did what they call the Annapurna Circuit, which is a really beautiful thing to do as well. But quite a number of years, I can't say I, I remember the exact year. We went, I, I went down then I did Kilimanjaro because um, I, I was a good bit older and I didn't know I wanted to test myself, see had I still got anything in the tank. Yeah. To, to, And um, that one, I was happy with the way that went and that kept me satisfied for a while. Right. And, um, but a couple of years go by and um, the feet gets itchy again and um, I, my eyes went towards the mountain in Georgia in Russia called uh, Elbrus and that would have more snow and ice on it and uh, than Everest than
0: than Kilimanjaro than
1: Kilimanjaro sorry. Yeah. And uh, so if you have any notion of of Go on height, you need a little higher, you need a little bit of experience with the ice and the snow and all that type of stuff. So that supplied that, That, but it was similar in height to Kilimanjaro. So again, that went well because altitude wouldn't have been a, a problem. And then another few years go by and uh, I cast my eyes towards Argentina and there's a, there's a mountain down there by the name of Aconcagua. At this stage, then you're going through the summits, the Seven Summits. Uh, uh, Kilimanjaro is the highest in Africa. The Seven Summits basically is the highest mountain in each continent. And uh, Georgia, they call the one in Georgia the highest one in Europe. And um, even though people say Mount Blanc is, but apparently for the Seven, for reasons of the Seven Summits, it's Elbrus. And then South America is uh, Aconcagua. And, uh, but that's up at around seven thousand meters, and uh, this was uh, uh, hadn't been anything close to that. And uh,
0: just for context, like what's Crowpatrick? or Carantool, which is the highest in Ireland? Uh,
1: Carantool is about a thousand meters, and a thousand and ten meters. I think it's a thousand and ten meters, but in around a thousand meters, yeah. So,
0: and that's the highest in Ireland.
1: That's the highest in Ireland,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, Kerry, okay. down in Kerry, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, so you're up at seven thousand now in South America, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and even though you're in South America, which you know people will imagine as kind of tropical and you know rainforesty, at seven thousand meters, it's just going to be snow, right?
1: It's good. Yeah, there isn't a tremendous amount of uh, snow on it. it. Like, I mean, depending on the time of year, but it doesn't hold. It doesn't hold glaciers or right, it doesn't okay. hold snow all year round. But it's just it's a tough it's a tough tough climb. It's basically. Um, w- w- it's the highest mountain in the world outside of the Himalayas. Right, okay. Right? So w- when you do that one, you, you can now start thinking uh, s- more serious stuff in the Himalayas. Like, I mean, I'd be sort of methodical and I'd, I'd, I'd do it step by step. More people sort of go straight in.
0: Jump in, yeah. Yeah. Those uh, people end up dying on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm quite sure a lot of them are quite successful. But uh, And in these ones, that when you're doing Seven Summits, like, are, are you with a group? Are you on your own? Do you have porters and sherpas helping you up or is it different on each one? Each one
1: is different uh, but uh, basically what it would really come down to it, 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 the the, it, the economics of the country would dictate as to how much help you'd have. Right. Basically if labour is cheap you'll have a lot of help. Yes. Okay. And in the Himalayas labour isn't all that expensive.
0: So there's a lot of help there.
1: You have good help there. And the Sherpas are top class. They're really, really good. They, they do know the stuff. They live at altitude and they know their stuff. Like, I mean, the Sherpas live, live at 3000 uh, metres plus. So, like, I mean, here, I, you wouldn't be thinking on, in, 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 at, uh, about a, a site on top of a kernel too. That's yeah. 1000 no no. metres. But these guys are living happily well, enough in, in villages. And, and uh, at 3000 metres, yeah. Or thereabouts anyway.
0: So... Uh, what's the preparation for Everest like then?
1: Well, you, uh, people say fit, but I'd, I'd, I'd say strong. You, you just get strong. Uh, basically, go lots good, lots of hiking. You carry weight when you're hiking and gym work won't hurt. Uh, I but dis- like do
0: you have to learn how to climb... How to use those crampons? Like it's the fittest person in the world? Like, do they need actual you'd need, mountain you'd, you'd climbing you'd training?
1: you need to skill up, but like uh, a lot of these mountains are not hugely technical. Okay. Like, I mean, you're not going up sheer faces or anything like that. Like, when I mean, you, you traverse around it. You find you find the. So it's like, kind
0: of walking, but it, in intense
1: walking uphill, high altitude. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Scrambling, maybe there'd be some climbing, of course, but like I mean, there wouldn't be.
0: And how do you know what to bring with you, or who like who you'd, tells be, you'd you? be
1: well guided and all of that? Uh, basically, back to your other question: How's it done? That, um, th- like everything else, all these things now are commercialized. But yes, okay. Basically, the, um, there was always, like I mean, back even back in the day, there was always somebody organising us. Like I mean, the first British expeditions, French expeditions, they, they were all organised, and there was always a head guy organising. Uh, getting labour, organising tents and the climbers were more elite. And, and, and uh, they, 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 they were a pretty privileged bunch, really. And um, today, then you just you pay your money and you go, you join a group. And that, right. that, that's pretty much it. And everything is pretty much organised for you.
0: Your food, your tent is pitched.
1: Yeah, the tent is carried up. Uh, you, you make it from camp to camp. That'll be ready for you. Uh, you don't do an awful lot of carrying. You do some, of course. Well, it depends on how much you want to pay out. Right, okay. You, you can pay to have everything done for you if you want. If you, it's it's, a, if it's you're very expensive
0: up. to climb Mount Everest, isn't it? Like 65?
1: You, you can pay 65, but and you'd have a lot done for that 65. You wouldn't need to carry a lot. Right. You'd be well looked after at 65. But if you come down to around the 30, uh, you'd have to do a little bit more yourself. And that'd be more my budget. Right, okay. Yeah.
0: And yeah. how long... Okay, so you do base camp first and then you set off from base camp do you have to spend a bit of time getting used to the altitude or what does it actually look like once you're like okay I'm heading to Nepal I'm going to climb Mount Everest
1: well it, walking walking into base camp you, you should learn a good bit about the altitude if you haven't done it before it, it's a, it should be a, a, it'd be a really good experience um, what you'll discover even on the way to base camp is that you must acclimatise and that would consist of basically resting up at one of the villages for a night without gaining further height. And then your body will adjust. And, 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 um, it basically will create more red blood cells. Okay. And it's really all about the red blood cell count. The, the, the oxygen tins out. And, um, the blood it's the blood cells that carry the oxygen yeah. around your body. So if the oxygen is, 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 uh, low, uh, you'll increase the number of blood cells and that'll make up for the lack of oxygen in the air. And uh, you'll learn that en route to base camp. But as you go higher, then basically what we did was um, we rested up at base camp for a couple of days and let the body adjust at that height. And then before you did uh, go too far further, you'd climb up to maybe 6,000 meters. You, at that point, you're tricking the body into producing more even further extra blood cells again.
0: And is there a physical impact on your body with that extra blood with those extra blood cells like can you do you feel dizzy do you feel bloated like what's the impact on the body? The impact at this point
1: the body is struggling uh, and the the reason it struggles is down to the lack of oxygen and the, the reason that in turn tells the body to produce the red blood cells God, this is good.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, it you don't have but to get it, too scientific like, to about you're it. Not,
1: you're, yeah, you're not going to get there without, w- w- without the effort. Like, I mean, you can't trick the body into into the producing the red blood cells without going up the mountain and gasping for air.
0: But is that not, is, is there not some sort of medical risk there. Like is someone looking after you, are they looking at your blood oxygen levels? Or are you just gonna I'm just gonna go until I drop?
1: Yeah some people go until the drop, but you should you should be able to tell. Like I mean you have like I mean you could get a headache, you could get sick, you could vomit, you could whatever. And, and at that point, you just are, go,
0: "I'm not going any further." You
1: just, say, hey, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always a, there's always a, a, a sharp eye, uh, uh, keeping a keeping an eye on thing. A lot of these sharp lads are a bit like shepherds, and we're the sheep, you know. Right. Okay. And um, and if the leader, there'd always be a team. Lead, as a rule, they would be a team leader, and he his, his job is to keep an eye on the guy that will set down. He mightn't be li- walking in a straight line anymore. He might be doing some little telltale. Slip, he might. That, that, that's just. This that, is all those telltale silence, Even if you yourself, you can get to the point wh- wh- where you won't recognize the uh, fault yourself. If, you, if, if you've gone too far uh, and the altitude sickness is kicking in, you mightn't recognize it yourself. No, right. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, the leader would need to kick in then at that point and, so and just say, "Hey, you're off. You're out of your Boko."
0: So, how? First of all, like we'll go through the journey, but how long does it take from base camp to the top?
1: From base camp to the top would take about a month. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it'd be, a, to get to base camp would take about uh, between a week and two weeks. Right, okay. Yeah. Depending
0: on how slow you, you can take that bit at your own pace, but are well, you sort yeah, of. Yeah, it depends on your starting point, really. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: A month to climb. Well, basically, again, see, so you're going up and down uh, again, like. So I mean, you
0: climb up and then you come back down to You sleep. come back
1: down. You climb up, trick the body into saying, hey, I need no more red blood cells. So then you come down, you might stay at base camp again for two days, and then you climb up and then you pitch your tent at the one at at, at 6,000 because you've already been there mm-hmm. and you've tricked the body into thinking that that, that. that So now all of a sudden you can stay at 6,000 because you have enough blood cells to do so. Right. Then after that you push on, you go up to another camp, right, We'll say Camp 1 is at 6,000, uh, for argument's sake. And then, we'd say, you push on another 500 metres to Camp 2. And uh, then you come back down to Camp 1 and go back up to Camp 2 after okay. a rest. And then you go to Camp 3, which is at 7,000 metres. and then, So you just
0: visit 7,000 metres and then that yes, night you stay we, back down. We
1: stayed overnight for two nights. We stayed two nights at 7,000 metres so that our bodies would acclimatise to that.
0: And what are you doing, at, like... At seven thousand, like at those meter, at those heights for two days,
1: will you be melting ice and drinking tea? And um, yeah, like I mean, it takes so up at the altitude, it takes everything. Like I mean, your movement is so slow. Your your pace, your mind, your mind slows down. Your body slows down. Even the water takes longer to boil because there isn't enough oxygen to for for the little gas stove. It right. Just takes, okay. You're there waiting for this melt, ice to melt, so you can drink some something and maybe make a cup of tea or something. And um, you, you're just hanging. You're just hanging.
0: But is it, is there enjoyment in that? Is it kind you, of meditative? Like yeah, I cannot you, relate. You're not.
1: You're not impulse. moving, and you're not gasping. It's great. You're just sitting there, and sitting you,
0: there in the freezing cold. Well, waiting for you're altered. pretty well
1: wrapped up here. You know. You're right, pretty well okay. wrapped up. And the sun does shine, and when the sun is out, it catches you, and it's nice and warm. At nighttime, when the sun is in, it can be. But at that stage, you'll be you'll be well. The gear is pretty good, like yeah, like okay, I mean, but if it you're has up, to be. If you're not up, if you're up there in the gear and you're cold, you're when well, you're, you're really screwed. in trouble. You <laughs> just forget that. You, you just have to have the gear, right? Yeah, you shouldn't be cold.
0: So you're chatting to other people, eating. Are people cooking food for you?
1: No, you'd be cooking your own there now, and right. Point. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: And do you have like multiple snacks? How big is your backpack? What?
1: Well, uh, a lot of time um, again, like I mean, uh, uh, that, that tent would be was put in place for us by the sherpas, so we carried up our food and uh, and and and. Um, and any clothing that we might want for the time, which basically it's just a sleeping bag, really, because you carry, you wear most of what you of what you, what you need. For a and month,
0: it, like, and you're not, obviously there's no washing machines, oh, obviously there's no showering. We're back
1: to, yeah, 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 we're back to the, we're back to, yeah, you're back to the laundry. Yeah, the laundry's always interesting at that point, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's so, uh, okay, anyway, yeah, 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 so yeah. you're up at 7,000 feet and at what point... So what's the rest of the journey like? Like what are the.
1: Well, at 7000 meters, uh, that's the point where you start. If, when you go beyond that, you start using oxygen. So that was the interesting thing about Aconcagua in Argentina was that I now knew that I was at the point. I could get to the point where I would have oxygen if I went further to aid me. Okay. Right. So I knew I had achieved that.
0: In, so you knew could do that. I knew I, could, I knew
1: I could get to the point where 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 oxygen would would uh, supplement my effort to, to 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 go further to go to camp four, and camp four would be the rest over place before you strike out for the top in the summit. Right. Okay. So I, that, I knew where I was at this point.
0: And the oxygen, are we talking like oxygen tank, like a scuba diver would have or? It
1: wouldn't be as heavy as that. It'd be um, like, I mean, the, the, the scuba doesn't doesn't weigh in the water. So but this would weigh. So it, it, it's very light uh, aluminium uh, 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 oxygen content. Yeah.
0: And is it full time like you're breathing it in or just with, like as you need it, like an inhaler almost? Or is it are you actually breathing through it all the time?
1: You're breathing through it all the time it, it it just goes through the mask right okay and you, and you pick it up as it goes you, you set it at a very low uh, uh um volume a very low volume of oxygen goes goes goes, goes past your, your 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 lips and you breathe it in and uh, and it mixes in, in your mask and and you breathe that in
0: that yeah. day when you get the oxygen for the first time and you're heading to camp four like does it feel like a big relief to be like oh this is nice
1: a lot of the time then what you'll do is even when you rest uh, uh, and sleep you'll rest with the oxygen on Mm -hmm. because oxygen is strength oxygen gives you the power and the strength too (laughs) <laughs> stay alive <laughs> it's a pretty crucial element as yeah, far as I it, know it gets it gets the, yeah yeah that's one of the things I have to say this now for the crack is that uh, you you asked what would you be doing for, for you know just you're sitting there and you have these fantastic views like I mean it's the Himalayas are just king really that they're, they're just incredible because the view you have is just mountain after mountain and they're all white peaked and they're just seem to go on forever and ever and, and you're there and you have your little oxygen bottle on you and you um you look out and you say hey uh, I, I'm away above anything that's hab- habitable here and um you begin to realize hey most most of the pla- most of us are living down in the first in the first mile like I mean in Ireland we all live below 500 meters or 400 meters
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you're up there you're standing on Decided this thing that's 7,000 meters up and you look down and you have this incredible fan, how I call it concept of the world or, or, and what it is and perhaps how it works and you're so conscious of the oxygen because what's on your back is supplying it to you and then you think what are we doing with the planet like you know mm-hmm. we're destroying anything that produces oxygen we can't wait to cut it down and you're obviously going to think of Brazilian rainforests and whatever else not that the want to burden and you're there sort of gasping for this oxygen that's so precious and you began to actually see the the planet and this 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 little tiny film of breathable air that surrounds it and we're running it we're making a complete ass of
0: it and do you get like in those moments you just get kind of like annoyed at the earthlings who are
1: beneath you (laughs) or are you kind of like all those people busy down in their habitat
0: yeah or do you get sort of inspired to to do something when you come back down or how does it?
1: Uh, when, well, for that moment you're down there and of course you, you've got this, uh, uh, I'll call it, I don't know how to call it, it's fantasy land, well it is fantasy land, this, all those superior thoughts about how things should be done and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, a month or two later, you're back down in the middle of it again and you're just adding to it. Back same down to the supermarket, yeah, yeah. getting <laughs>
0: fruit wrapped in plastic.
1: <laughs> and you just get back on the grindstone and you do what you do and yeah. and you make another few bobs so you might be able to go off and somewhere else again
0: So while I have you, I'm going to take the opportunity to um, take you hostage for a minute and tell you about the merchandise that we are selling. We have notebooks and pens, which are branded with the basically branding and you should buy them. You should buy them because it's a lovely notebook. Who doesn't need a notebook? If you are a Headstuff podcast member, if you buy the notebook, you get the pen for free. It supports me. It supports the podcast. It supports the producers, the people who work on the show and means that we can continue to make these podcasts and give them to you for free. If you want to become a Headstuff podcast member, if you get a lot from the podcast and you think, God, I'd like to support Stephanie and the podcast, you can become a Headstuff podcast member for five euro plus that. uh, Or you can give more if you want to. Go to headstuffpodcast.com and you can click register there. And you pick a podcast. You can pick up to three podcasts or you can pick just one podcast. Say you pick my podcast, then you'll get my bonus material for free and all of the bonus material for all of the other podcasts on the network. So it's a really, really good deal. Five euro, all of these special podcasts. So if you want to do that, do it. I'll be very, very grateful. The people who are in the community, the Headstuff podcast members are my favourite people. They support the podcast. They mean that you can listen to this podcast for free. It's five euro a month. I'm going to stop talking now, but I really appreciate your support. Thank you. The podcast studios are opening their doors to everyone this Culture Night. Come see the place where your favourite Headstuff podcast network shows are made get behind-the-scenes access, learn about production and record your very own five-minute podcast. This is an opportunity not to be missed. Join us Friday the 23rd of September. Register on eventbrite.ie or see the Culture Night website for more details. We look forward to seeing you there. And how is your wife in all this? Because my husband recently climbed Kilimanjaro and I really struggled with the fact that his phone you know, it was like intermittent and I couldn't get in touch with him and I didn't know if he was dead. And I was Googling all the people who've ever died in Kilimanjaro. Like, is do you have any contact with her for that month? How does she know that you're alive?
1: We, uh, I, I bought a little, a little, how do I call it, a cheapy, a cheapy, um, a phone in, in Kathmandu. So I'd have the local service and, and linked up there and we texted, we communicated. Uh, the the company's Summer Climb was quite good with this communications, right? Okay. And, uh, so uh, the other thing is because um, when we were traveling back in the day, we'd no contact at all. Like, I mean, there's no mobile phones. Yeah, so you're no kind of more remote. used to it. Yeah, so yeah. like, I mean, we were just like, I mean, those we were out of contact for months, really.
0: Right, but no, you were together at that point.
1: We were together, but nobody else had a contact had for any you. contact with us. Yeah, you might find some uh, phone somewhere in some city and you'd phone home and say hey I'm still here we're still here we're still we're in Kathmandu now or we're in Bombay now or we're in Khangkut now or Bangkok now or something like that and you'd always send postcards with the most uh, with the most obscure address you could possibly (laughs) find (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that was always fun putting the address
0: on so what's the last camp seven no
1: the last camp is four four Uh, sorry and then you said you're thinking of the seven summits uh yeah so back to uh 7000 meters and Camp 3 right well then uh and again back to Aconcagua in, uh, in Argentina my next step then was I wanted to climb something that was similar in height to Camp 4 which is at more or less 8000 meters right? right and then I did that via Cho Yu in Tibet and uh that went that was the year of the Icelandic um, Uh, volcano. Yes, 2010. Yeah, that slowed everything down. And uh, we lost, we we, we had six weeks in which the the plan was to have six weeks, but the volcano narrowed that down to five weeks. And as a result, the acclimatization process was hurried and we didn't have as much time to acclimatize as we would, as you'd really need to. So it became this fantastic struggle. We were always climbing with less not quite fully prepared, not quite fully acclimatized, because we we're going to. We had to have the deadline of at uh, the window when, when when things were okay at the top. Right. Okay. So that was a massive struggle. That that really that that really put put. Uh, People swore, under pressure. I swore I'd never climb again after that. I found it so difficult, and uh, but of course it's like everything else. Yeah. You forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so,
0: how did you talk to me about summit, like? I know on Kilimanjaro you summit sort of over one night. Yeah. But obviously with Everest
1: from Camp uh, 4. Well then you make it to Camp 4. You go up up from Camp you go up your uh, whatever number of metres it is from Camp 3 to Camp 4 and you've got your oxygen and then you stay at Camp 4. Now the choice was for us was that uh, you have got about four or five hours rest and then you push on again or you make that, you stay an extra day, and you have 30 hours rest at camp four. Okay. And you, while you're there, you'll be breathing oxygen all through that. Our leader, Dan Masur uh, recommended that we go for the 30 hours rest. Yeah, and that's then what we, I would choose. <laughs> <laughs> and then we pushed on. And from that point, it is about, uh, the way they work it is that they that, have that, 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 uh, between 12 and 14 hours you give yourself to get back to camp four.
0: now, So you get up and back in 12, 14 hours. Correct.
1: Now you don't want to go beyond 14. Right. Okay. So you're going to say okay, 10 up, four down. Right. Yeah. It might be nine up and, and, and four down. Right. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But once you hit the 10, if you haven't summoned it by 10 hours.
0: You have to turn around.
1: Be, it's best turn around. You're pushing it. You're, you're gone beyond. You're, because
0: the, the air is so thin up there or it's so cold or why?
1: You're... you're You'll have your your energy. You won't have enough. Uh, what they call enough in the tank. You won't have enough energy if you push on after ten hours. That they, they, they're afraid that you won't make it back. There right, won't be okay. enough left. You'll not have enough power, enough energy, enough enough strength to get back down. Okay. So there is what they call this the, the the turnaround point, and 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 that's that that that's always that that's the huge thing is 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 to to make it within basically that within that safe. Um, deadline.
0: How long did it take you to get up?
1: It took me around. I was up and down. I think in about twelve hours.
0: Right. How yeah. long did you stay at the top once you got there?
1: We were. We hung around there. We had a beautiful, beautiful um, day. Our, our morning when we were there, uh, and uh, so we hung around for about forty minutes. Right. Yeah.
0: How, how many meters are we at now? You be at the top.
1: At the top is eight eight four eight. Right. Okay. Yeah. Eight eight four eight. Eight eight four eight. Yeah. Yeah. God Almighty. Yeah, and, and and what
0: are you thinking at the top? Like, what, what you're are thinking?
1: You... I met it. I met it. <laughs> I can't believe it. I met it. And uh, is did, it overwhelming? It's there's a lot of relief, right? Because okay. you really want to make it. Like, I mean, people
0: there'd be nothing worse now than having to turn around when you can see the top. Do you know? People have had to do that, uh, uh,
1: and yeah, uh, and uh, and there is the fear of failure. There, there's a huge, like, I mean. Do Not you just want well, personally, I wanted that mayo flag on top of that first. I just wanted that so bad.
0: <laughs> As <laughs> right. someone who's married to a male man, I can understand.
1: <laughs> You're getting, yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't. I, Was it
0: the first mayo flag that's ever been up there? I, yes. Did you think you were going to break the curse by going
1: up there? I. Put it up there with all those Tibetan uh, prayer flags. And uh, I was, uh, I was, that September I sat in Crow Park and I watched. uh, the Mayo Miners—I forget what they were playing—but they won the All Ireland. The Mayo Miners. The Miners. The Miners. <laughs> come on now! Hey, come on! They are now the present team.
0: They're the present team. <laughs> <still have laughs> <one. They laughs> and, and, yeah,
1: and they did win, right? And I was already asked, this, that's one of them now, right? And uh, but it didn't—it didn't go too well in the with the seniors, no.
0: It didn't. I think my no. husband on the same thing with Kilimanjaro this summer yeah. now, thinking like, right, this is it now. I've broken the curse. Yeah. Um. So you spend forty minutes up there, and you have your Mayo epiphanies. Yeah. And then is the descent like are you coming down with a sense of like achievement or a sense of like oh that's it like there's nowhere higher to climb now?
1: Yeah, yeah, what I found was um, I describe it in the book and and um uh what what happened was um uh, I got a bit cocky and um I remember the golden rule is to be clipped in at all cl- clipped in onto a rope at all times you're never ever ever not clipped clipped on
0: and where are these ropes these are attached to the mountain they're attached to rocks anchors okay. whatever
1: in the mountain right so that obviously if you slip you, you it'll save you mm-hmm. and um then there's uh a, a, of course there's a bit of swagger coming down and all of that type of thing but there'll be ropes from other years that might be lying loose okay and um they would might be torn and might, the might the winter might be uh, whatever. So I lost my uh, focus or concentration. And um, I was I discovered then that I was on. I wasn't on the correct rope and for something. I, and then I, I I ran my eye along the rope ahead of me and it seemed to be going over uh, over an edge. Oh, Jesus. And um, I pulled it and there was no resistance. And I just got so cross with myself. I was, I just, I describe it in the book, and I just, I was so angry with myself for being the, the, you just, But does this mean that you had not moved away from the group, or no? There were, there were just, it was an idle rope. Uh, but
0: like the, your, the rope you should have been on was maybe parallel to it, or was correct. Okay, and um, but uh, you were still with your group.
1: Basically, what happens is you get to an anchor, uh, and 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 where you, the, the 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 clip runs down the rope you get to an anchor but you're also you're doubly clipped on so that even when you're changing even when when the clip is off you, you put it on the other side of the anchor and if that happened happen in that moment you're still clipped on to the other one to the other one and you're still going to be safe but then uh, anyway
0: so you're really annoyed at yourself.
1: I got so cross because that was that meant that 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 because I knew there was a bit of uh, pep in the step or whatever you call it. Uh, and um, I, I, I get I had a serious, serious talk with myself. Yeah, I, I, I focused from there on. And so the fright I was something else. Like, I just, I, I want, you know, the usual expression. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> your pants I, that you've been
0: wearing for a month
1: that have been watching. Yeah, the underwear was bad enough. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah, just yeah. clip
0: on immediately to the correct one? I found the correct one
1: and I'm not sure. I, 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 at the anchor, I, I, it had to be at the anchor that, 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 that I, picked up the, uh, I picked up the incorrect rope. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I was on the correct one from that point onwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then you come down to camp four again.
1: You come down. And you sleep, right? And you sleep, but boy, but do you sleep? You're so tired. You really are tired at this point, and and uh, you sleep so well because yeah, you you. you, you all through the training, any time I trained and you would say you're pushing your body for strength and you're trying to get stronger and stronger and stronger, and all the time, no matter what I did, I always trained so that my return, so in, in, you use mind games, in training you use mind games because you're going to push yourself as hard as you can and then, but my, in my mind, I always, ended up, up no matter where it was, be it be, it, be it Nathan or Lugnacola or whatever, I'd always camp for was my end result. It was, it was never the top. Okay. It was always. Getting back to camp. Return to camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was my mind game. And, uh, yeah, so eventually we, we returned to camp four. And, um, we slept, slept very well. And that's it then? Like. Well, then you wake up the next day and you load up your rucksacks and, and, and uh, you make it down to base camp. So you come
0: down in one day. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And what's that like? Returning to base camp, like coming back. Returning
1: down. to base camp is uh, basically we, we went down through the the Kumbu Icefall. Is is is, is a hu- is a massive experience. That that's where. Sorry, the, yeah.
0: Are you going up the same way you come down, or do you correct?
1: Come, you you go up and down very similar routes. The same route. Well,
0: and are you meeting many people? Like how many people are doing this?
1: Uh wow. There'd be I'd say at base camp there could be maybe two hundred people at base camp. That'd be including. The Sherpas and the cooks, right, and the, and the whatever. These are
0: know? people who have come up and are that's their destination, or people from base camp who are leaving to go to the top.
1: The, the, uh, the numbers that would uh, continue on would be smaller, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I mean, people like I mean, base camp is a destination in itself. Yes, uh, and uh, and that's it, I think it's a wonderful, it's just a wonderful experience for if somebody wanted to do that. But
0: that. I'm just thinking about totally like when you're coming down the mountain from the summit. Yeah. Like if you're coming down the same route, you go up. Are you meeting people in traffic? Like, are you meeting? Oh, what's
1: the traffic like? Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It can Basically, uh, well, uh, th- when we did it, we did it towards the end of the window. Uh, and, and that turned out to be very beneficial because uh, a lot of people had left the mountain at that stage. What's but the window? The window might be four days of good weather in which you can summit. Oh, okay. Outside of that four days, it's probably impossible to summit.
0: But if it takes a month to climb the whole thing, yeah. how do you know that when you get to the summit, it's going to be inclement weather or not? Like, do they have really good forecasts or? Satellite. Right. OK. Yeah. So
1: they know what's
0: the, coming. The
1: information, uh, it's its all information. It's its like the lands that sail around the world now. Um, that, it, that'd be in. Obviously, there's so many huge challenges that exist, you know, the great challenges of the world, you could call them. But like I mean, they're like I mean, they they, they use satellite now, and and their safety is, is um, so much increased as a result.
0: Yeah, because you can imagine like when Edmund Hillary was doing it, like <laughs> they
1: were doing it blind. They hardly knew where they were they going. They hardly
0: knew where they were going yet.
1: Yeah. They, they were feeling their way. It had it was totally unexplored, uh, and they just they just didn't know what was up ahead of them. And like I mean, it's it, it it's the the biz, the, and their clothing wasn't nothing by comparison to now.
0: Didn't have their North Face gear on. No, like.
1: no, 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 no. no, no. I don't know how they did it.
0: And um, well, a lot of them didn't make it. Um, I mean, he did, it, but many haven't. Um, so then you get back to to base camp, and. Like, how do you come home, like, how do you go back to Mayo from, (laughs) from the summit of Mount Everest and and be satisfied with your life? Like, is there, do you, is there something gnawing at you that's like, I need something else now, but there's nothing, there's nothing more that you can do? Or do you have to do it again? Or do you just feel satisfied? Like, I did that, that's the end of that. I'm
1: trying to think of the, I'm trying to think of the, the, what, the singer song, uh, um, I think he's an Australian guy and some guy in an interview says, um, uh, what's it like being a has-been? And he says, it's better than not being or something to that effect. Right, Okay. Or or never have been. No, you you live off it. It's actually, it's an incredible positive
0: because it's sort of. um, I'd say you dine out on it a lot. Like, it's just a great thing to drop into a conversation in the <laughs> well, public. Well, I'm here. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That time I was at the top of Mount Everest.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then you pretend to be all modest about it and, and, and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? You, you're not allowed boast, really. Not in Ireland, are you? No, no. They'll no. put
0: you right back no, on top, yeah, like I did, saying you didn't do anything for Sam. Yeah, for Sam yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, kick the meal, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you've written this book, Beyond the Summit, the story of one man's need to scale his inner Everest. Was this... Uh, Was the idea for the book? Did that come to you on the mountain, or was it afterwards that you were processing everything? Or how did the book come about? Wow, I I,
1: I like to try and I I was I was always trying to not always, but uh, I picked up some writing as I as I went along as a a hobby or an interest, or see if it was just something I could do, and then uh, after it was a natural thing to do, then to sort of uh, write a bit about Everest and. A lot of the, what I had previously written was um, about growing up in Mayo and when we were down in Australia and just things, places we were and experiences uh, I had. And then I wove the climbing of Everest through that. So the climbing of Everest would be about um, a third of that. And it is it um come and go. What I tried to do, I started off with um, high up on the mountain. And what I tried to do was to bring... The reader, as they start the book, basically Camp Four. I wanted the reader to come into Camp Four and be in the camp, ready to strike out uh, on on this journey with me. And then I would reminisce and uh, I would uh, think about uh, things that happened in Mio, things that happened in Indonesia when we're down there, and different places. My mom, uh, who uh, she had this. Um, uh operation, and uh, I write about the, that and 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 per, uh, the, the effects that I try and get through the uh, describe the effects it had on her life, which is it was a terrible, terrible uh, operation to have, and that was done under the auspices of our government and our church. Uh, then I write about my dad; uh, he passed away, and uh, he died on St. Saint Bridget's Day, and when I got to the top of Everest, I did St. Bridget's Cross with me, and I left that there, uh, as well as my Mayo flag. That was, that was my, uh, how will I call it, my quest. My quest was the Mayo flag on St. Bridget's Cross.
0: Do you think the Mayo flag's still there?
1: I'd say it's a bit shredded now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all get shredded on day from the wind.
1: Yeah, but the image, it, it, the image is, um, the image is powerful. When you see it up there, the old, uh, the old green, the old green and red. And uh, the image stays the same. The the image in your mind does not shred.
0: You're standing there singing the saw doctors. Yeah, for the best. take me home, yeah. And um, so what's next? Like, is this, is that something that's a box ticked? Or do you still have that drive to uh, to this, push the body?
1: This November, if everything works out, I'm going to do um, a medablin and. Um,
0: what's that? Where is that? It's, it's
1: a mountain on uh, quite close to, it's 7, 000, uh, just under 7,000 meters and it is nearby, we'll say nearby Everest. Okay. You go in the same uh, direction uh, from wherever.
0: So you might see the flag in the distance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring a pair of binoculars. Do you bring
0: a male flag to all the summits? Leave them there. I
1: left one and show you as well. Yeah. In Tibet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And... Um, I was, I was very happy about that.
0: Littering Mayo flags around the seven wonders yeah, of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, this, this. La- the, it fits in well with the prayer flags. Uh, the, the old green and red fits in well with the prayer flags up there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. subtle. Yeah.
0: And uh, so you'll do that in November and... So that oh, that's under seven thousand. So you don't need or just over, you don't need the oxygen. There'll
1: be no oxygen. Well, basically one of the uh things is um I believed that uh during the um, a virus uh, uh the hospitals in Nepal were quite short of were quite short of oxygen and um in in, in the COVID nineteen uh pandemic. Uh so I didn't I I don't think I'll use climb anything that'll require oxygen until notice, people don't need it to stay alive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's my, that's my book. We didn't get to talk much about the book, but maybe some other time.
0: No, you can tell me about the book. I like, so Um, so we've talked, I I can tell people it's called Beyond the Summit. The story of one man's need to scale his inner Everest. And it's by Kieran Lally. Where can people get it?
1: They can get it in Eason's and all the small bookshops.
0: Which Uh, is, which is the bigger achievement to have written the book or to have climbed the mountain?
1: uh I <laughs> one led to the other so i don't know i don't know if, the, don't know if the, i'd have a book uh, published if i hadn't climbed the mountain um but uh it's easier to climb the mountain
0: yes I, as someone who's written a book i mean i haven't ever climbed a mountain but i don't yeah. even like walking uphill. um <laughs> yeah i it's a, it's a tough thing
1: D- yeah uh, and then you sort of uh, uh you try and get it published and writing it is one thing, getting it published is a whole other story. A whole other story, yeah. And that um, is, uh, uh, eventually, um, uh, PJ Cunningham uh, at Ballpoint Press uh, saw something in it and um, and okay. his wife, Rosemary. And uh, that was, uh, that was very rewarding for me uh, that, that he ran with it. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, that was a bit of good fortune.
0: Is your wife still into... The adventure and the hiking, or she?
1: Well, we yeah, we love going on the Camino uh, every so often. Oh yeah, and uh, we did uh, a few years back. We went down to and we did mount Ararat below the far side of uh, Turkey, out in uh, Kurdistan, and uh, that was under five thousand meters. And we had a lovely time down there. The height uh, suited her. Uh, the altitude sickness kicks in around the five thousand meters on her, and and okay, s- her, uh, it doesn't it doesn't. It, her body will not acclimatize uh, beyond that five thousand meter mark
0: and is there any way of knowing whose body will react in different ways because I know that that was one of the things my husband was saying he's like, I don't know how I like I'm fit I've been training, but the altitude affects everyone so differently.
1: I believe there's tests you can do you can do uh, blood tests that they, they can analyze your blood and uh, and and learn a lot about your ability to climatize by and, uh, analyzing your blood. There was a group of uh, British doctors, I believe, that were up in Everest, and they were taken samples of one another as as as, as, they, as they went up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they they didn't did uh, examine that when they got back down to the lab.
0: I leave you with this question: Do you think anyone can climb to the top of Mount Everest within reason?
1: Within reason, I think, uh, I think, I think most people, most things are achievable. I I, like, I mean, again, guide, I'll I'll try and be a little bit uh, deep here. Guided by the mind, the body is capable of achieving extraordinary things. So it's
0: less about the physical training and all about the mental training of it.
1: I wouldn't underestimate the physical training, of course, but i would I wouldn't underestimate the the mental aspect of it. the mental aspect is powerful,
0: which a lot of people probably do underestimate
1: like I mean it's sp- science, sports science, sports psychology now is so so big it's, yeah it's it's massive. like I mean, I don't think many people will live in anything without sports psychologists and on, on, uh, I'm talking about the big boys now and uh, and that, uh, yeah, but this, the psychology of the thing is absolutely of any of these things, any of these great challenges, it, it would be massive.
0: So you need a sports psychologist And a Sherpa And you're good to go Yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Kieran Lally Thank you so much for joining me That's Beyond the Summit If you're looking for it You can get it where all good books are Yeah If you want to better read about a Mayo man Who left a Mayo flag At the top of Mount Everest I highly recommend that you do You have listened to another episode Of Basically Our music is by Only Ruin Our graphic design is by Carlo Gara. Julie Hassett is our producer And we are part of The Headstuff Podcast Network Thank you so much This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the podcast studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus.